0: Hey, it's Seeking Plum. I have a tentatively relaxed kitty in my lap. It's always very interesting to watch him because half the time I can't tell if he's feeding off of me or me off of him. I truly think that cats are very empathetic. He could sit here for hours and be comfortable while I'm talking to you. But if I sit here and I'm watching the television and I get angry and I start ranting, he will be off, very quickly, and run away. When he starts getting agitated, and irritated, and acting out, I have to ask myself, is there, something, is there something up with him, or am I causing him to act this way? I'm not here to ramble at you about my cat. I'm actually here to talk about empathy. So I read an article back in June, and there were a couple of quotes that have stuck with me since. It was by John DeVore and called On Politeness. I'll include a link in the show notes, but just for reference, this is a members-only article on Medium.com, so it's paid access. It's a good read if you do have access. The two quotes that stuck with me were, Empathy is the enemy of power. Power fears understanding. And the other is again in reference to empathy. He says, It is a skill that requires imagination and humility and compassion. It teaches us a simple lesson. We all suffer. I think empathy has really become a a buzzword lately. It almost has lost meaning. It's what got me thinking about this. So when DeVore breaks it down into these three components, imagination, humility, and compassion, well, then I started thinking about those three things. I think we've got plenty of compassion. We're just selective about when and who receives it, or rather who we give it to. I think imagination is still alive and well. We may struggle in that department because we're not often encouraged or expected to use it, to stretch it, or to foster it. But we still have it. I think the component that we struggle with the most is humility. There's always an emphasis on strength, might, and power. They're lauded as these great things, whether it's physical or mental strength. Being emotional or showing certain emotions, even being humble, is often considered weakness. They don't really fit with that go-getter mentality that we're so after. I recently did an episode entitled Consequences of Me Over We, where I reflected on or, or thought about a society where we think about me first. I think when we search to climb the ladder, or become our own boss, make the big bucks, be number one, then we let humility slide by the side. It seems less important because, seemingly, we don't need anybody. We're doing this on our own, regardless of whether that's entirely true. Perhaps we'd have a different perspective on humility if we knew what it was exactly and why we needed it. When you hear the word humble or humility what kind of definition do you think of? What type of person do you think of? Meek? Mild? A doormat, perhaps? Mike Austin, PhD, explains that humility is not self-deprecating or even about thinking little of ourselves as we may think. He says, quote, it's more about a proper or accurate assessment. A big part of humility is knowing our own limits, our strengths and weaknesses, morally or otherwise. So again, I started to wonder, are we just in denial or is it a lack of self-awareness? Maybe it's bravado, that deep need or desire to appear strong, to be accepted as more than we are. Isn't it ironic? And we actually prefer individuals who are flawed and imperfect yet we do our very best to portray the absolute opposite we hunger for authenticity and pump out the inauthentic i think one of the hardest things is that once you build up those walls for whatever reason it's tearing them down again or tearing them down for the first time but when we do this and we challenge ourselves this way We allow ourselves to fail, to make mistakes in front of others and to be wrong. It makes the next stumble a little less difficult and getting back up more empowering. I don't know about you, but when I see that, I'm encouraged and I'm often inspired. People may outwardly scoff at first, but they wish they were so bold. But sometimes, oftentimes, we're too enslaved to expectations or shoulds and shouldn'ts. Do you think that maybe humility encourages collaboration or makes it more possible? If we're accurately assessing ourselves, that maybe we will see others more clearly so we can draw on each other's strengths and fill in the gaps where there are weaknesses. I think that whether we're leading or in a group, that humility has a very uh, critical role in our lives, a foundational one. I'm just thinking about all the different ways that humility could help us progress in life, be better people, and even help others in society. I mean, we've talked about leading and collaborating and empathy. This is probably a part of both leading and collaborating, but I think in lifting up and supporting others who can do, do the job better than we can, not as a put down to ourselves, but because they can do it better and it helps us all move forward. But as they can do that job better, we can do something else better. Going back to the quote, D- divorce quote, I think that he succinctly came up with a, a rough equation of sorts for empathy. I don't know that I'd actually break it down into percentages or anything of that sort, but imagination, humility, and compassion. I think this really, really well lays out what empathy is we choose who and and when and where we're going to be compassionate and we do the same with imagination with humility i think if we can just realize remember that we can't be right the best or on the right side or you know what have you 100 percent of the time if ever but if we can acknowledge our you know our limits strengths and weaknesses it will Perhaps counterintuitively make us stronger, equipping us with a more robust piece to this empathy equation where there was once something less. If, like me, you are now looking for ways to build or improve your humility, there's a link in the show notes to seven traits humble people have mastered that allow them to live accomplished, fulfilled, and happy lives. It has some really good stuff in there, and it includes more um, quotes and things said by uh, Mike Austin. To wrap up, I think I will share a quote with you by Ernest Hemingway. He says, There is nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are having a fabulous day. I recently started creating show notes. If you're listening on Anchor, you will typically find them in the discussion portion of the first segment of the episode. If you're listening to the podcast, you can find them at medium.com forward slash at symbol seeking plum. This is where you'll find a brief description of the episode, as well as any information I may have mentioned, whether it's a book title, uh, some tweets or uh, an article. If you have any questions, As always, feel free to let me know whether that's in the discussion on Anchor or in the comments on Medium, or you can always hit me up at Twitter. And that's also at Seeking Plum. As always, thanks for listening.